tell them here and let them be. Well, I got something deep inside of me. I can't hide it anymore. It needs to be so free. There's no time to let this tale get old. No, no, no. It's the best. Hello, welcome to the show. My guest is a friend of mine, also from the filmmaking community. It's uh, Paloma Martinez. Hi, it's great to be here. Uh, so I wanted to start off the bat uh, with just a quick question about uh, something, a part of your life that has been public, um, is that you are a breast cancer survivor. I am. That's true. I am currently going into a year and a half now uh, being cancer-free. Uh that's awesome. I I guess I I only really there's a lot that can be said about that subject, and that may or may not be your story for today. But uh, I guess how do you? I'm curious how how do you feel being on the other side of the process where now you're you're cancer free, back to can, can you really go back to like somewhat of a normal life? You know what I mean? Pre. Um, <clears throat> well, so I think that um, you know when certain big moments in your life happen, um, or even everyday moments. I, I feel like <clears throat> one of the most beautiful things about being human is evolving. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, I think I was at a point in my life, I got diagnosed in the fall of 2017. And I think I was really looking for a new beginning. Mm. Um, I'd been in LA for almost 10 years at that point and had done a lot of really great jobs and, and I was working on multiple projects. But you know, internally, I felt like the need to, I don't know, just something to change. And it was, you know, something that something did come. I got diagnosed with breast cancer at a very young age. Um, it's not in my family. It's There's a long yeah. story behind it, but... Um, Which we don't need to get into. No, no, no. And, it, and, and, yeah. and yes, uh, to answer your question, it's completely um, changed my life in so many amazing ways. Hmm. Um, and I don't... I hope that we don't go back, you know, after something... Um, so distinct. Yeah. Um, I hope people can can continue to move forward from from good things and things that seem to be you know really challenging and scary. Um, uh, anyway, so that being said, it's it's totally um, marked me and it's also um, been a something new that's helping to shape my my creative side. Yeah. No. No. I just that sounds that's interesting that you personally were looking to make changes in your life not not that change right but it happened and you adjusted and yep now now you're kind of on the other side um so before we want to get into your story i should mention that yeah i mean you i've known you for a, a bunch of years now well, more through my wife uh, and you guys kind of have worked mm-hmm. together um in, professionally and in the school environment uh, so yeah, you have a lot of credits. There's too many to name, you know, <laughs> like you just work on a lot of stuff and some, a lot of stuff that's some, for sure. and also for some more known, uh, famed filmmakers, which we don't need to get into, but they're there. The credits are there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, uh yeah. it's, it's, it's interesting to think now that I've been here. I started film school in 2009. So this year marks 10 years being in LA and 
um, really being able to hone in on my storytelling stuff and yeah, and writing, directing, and producing. So um, it's crazy. It's crazy to think it's been ten years here in LA. Yeah, and then we just just prior to this, we just mentioned you just mentioned that you worked on some really crazy two month yeah. video <laughs> project, which sounds like lot a lot of work you know but it's for an amazing cause um not every you it's like not every day that you get to work with a 12 year old activist who's really making a huge impact a positive impact on the world and you know that's kind of been my mo just looking for projects that Mm -hmm. are conscious content you know that that hopefully make a difference and um i guess that might be a little bit part of uh the story i tell um We'll see if it all works. So there's a lot, like I mentioned earlier, there's so many stories I feel like I could tell, but I'm so transparent. I feel like as a storyteller, we're always sharing. Right. So this is a really good challenge, but it helped me come up with um, okay. actually remembering something and seeing it anew, seeing oh. it differently than I had previously seen it and kind of bringing it back to sort of right. other stories in my life that, um, that are related to sort of my journey. Yeah, um, <laughs> that sounds uh, that sounds like a great teaser, as uh, <clears throat> filmmakers know. Uh, so yeah, let's 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 uh, get into this uh, tale. Okay, um, so when I was when I was sixteen, mm-hmm. um, my mom generously allowed me to go study abroad in Spain. Oh, okay. Which is like thinking about it now. I'm not a parent yet, but I was like, would I let my kid do that? And luckily, right, right. <laughs> luckily, my mom, um, she was always a woman who supported us, you know, um, flying out of the nest okay, and trying new things. Um, so anyway, when I was 16, I ended up going because one of my good friends from high school, his mother took a group of college kids um, to Spain to study abroad for the okay. summer to oh. focus on Spanish language immersion. Okay, got it. And I definitely needed to hone in on my Spanish okay. <laughs> speaking skills. Um, it's something I always wanted to do. Um, so she graciously uh, let me go, and it was a about two and a half, three month program in Santander, Spain. Wow. Um, so there I was going to Europe for the first time with a bunch of high school and college kids. Yeah. And not my parents. I don't even think at that point my mom had even gone to Europe before. So it was kind of like a really big um, opportunity and I was, you know, super excited and I felt really privileged to be able to go. Um, So, you know, when you're 16 and you're surrounded by a bunch of teenagers and college kids, Mm -hmm. um, you really want to be on your best behavior. But, um, you know, (laughs) partying and drinking in Europe, you can do it when you're 16. Yes, right. Um, So it was without even knowing, without even preparing to be like going to clubs, I um, ended up going to clubs. Okay. <laughs> so our schedule was really crazy, and I can't even imagine doing this now, honestly, because I was just in Europe on this project, mm. and I was like, I need to be in bed by 10. Right. To, like, be able to, like, survive with the jet lag and just, like, the schedule that we had. So in Spain, I don't even remember being jet lagged. Mm. I don't know if it's, like, my 16-year-old body or whatever. The adrenaline. <laughs> or Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. just, like... It was, did, I didn't even feel affected. So our schedule was crazy. It was like eight in the morning, classes start till like 12, then we have lunch, and then we have classes again till like four. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what we would do is go home and like we were supposed to rest, but of course we were just like, we're like, let's go sightseeing, let's go do something. Yeah. Um, I ended up, so I was living with a host family okay. and another student, um, but who was college aged. Okay. She was like 19, 20. Okay. And she was, 
she was really loud. She was really like boisterous. She was from Argentina and our house mom really did not like her. Right. Just like off the bat. Did just did not like her. Thought she was just too loud and just it was like culture, like all these cultural differences. And I was just like quiet, sixteen year old, just being like, I'm mm-hmm. just you know just trying not to get into the drama. Anyway, little tangent. So our schedule was, you know, till four, and then we would go and explore, um, maybe go to the beach because we were on a coastal town, and then we'd have a late dinner. So dinner would be like at nine. Oh yeah, okay. Right? Yeah. Like over there. Mm-hmm. Um we I barely saw my host family because I like went there to sleep basically. Um and then what we would do is afterwards we would go to this um bar called Puercos Bar and we'd shoot pool and eat chips and drink this drink called um cuarenta y tres con con Malibu, I think. So basically it was like this chocolate liqueur with Malibu rum. Okay. Alcohol, which is Ooh. like sounds like the worst. But like I could drink two or whatever and like feel fine and you know the sugar didn't matter again, sixteen year old body, right? Yeah. So okay, so then we'd go and we'd have a few drinks there. And um then we'd go to another bar and then we'd go to like this nightclub called Pacha. And Pacha was just like just dancing and what I didn't realize then, I realize now, is that it was like a lot for a 16 year old to be exposed to. I had no adults tell me what to do. I had no history of like drinking a lot of alcohol. Um, I was gonna ask that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you know, I went to parties in high school, but like, you know, I never went to a bar. Right? Sure. And I didn't grow up in a home that drank alcohol. So my parents never drank alcohol. I never uh, saw my parents drinking okay. or my extended family. Um, so I was a little bit, I was a little bit over my head, but I didn't realize it at the time. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to go with the flow, you know, I wanted to have fun with my peers and, and yeah. I didn't understand. It took me a long time. I probably didn't understand it even until college, like what alcohol did, like what being drunk was. I just kind of was like, oh, this is really fun. So okay. not, only, not only were we drinking like chocolate liquor Malibu rum drinks, the club we were drinking Red Bull vodkas because that was like really trendy back in 2000 somethings. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Yes. That's so right. yeah. I luckily was, um, you know, kind of, I mean, I kept my head, you know, nothing, nothing crazy happened at the bars. I was getting, I remember getting hit on a lot by older guys and that was a little bit really fun, but also really intimidating. And like I said, again, I was just like kind of trying to survive thinking I was grown up enough to do it. Sure. Yeah. Um, but not really understanding what could have been the ramifications of a drunk 16 year old on the streets of Spain. Which there are a lot of. From the U.S. In, from the U.S. I was saying, yeah. like, as a tourist, as like my experience of being a little bit naive in terms of like, you know, what am I doing? Luckily, again, I had a really group, great group of people around me, yeah. you know, and so I never felt like I was like, you know, in danger or whatever until one night. Mm. So I'm trying, I, I was thinking about like what happened. So I know that it was a day like that that I described. Okay. Right? We're up at... 7 a.m., class at 8, class all day, you know, do, doing stuff, and then um, ending up at Pata. okay? Yeah. So um, it was. it's a little blurry because I believe that was probably one of the nights that I probably drank the most. Um, and I decided I wanted to leave, but everyone else didn't. Okay. So I thought, okay, I actually lived walking distance from sort of the main part of the city it was this it's called santander it's a small beach town it wasn't it's not like barcelona or anything okay 
Um, so I decided to leave on my own. Mm. And I remember, I remember not being afraid. Um, growing up, I, I don't know, I always kind of carried this feeling that I was like always safe. Okay, yeah. So, you know, and, and maybe it's because I, you know, I don't know. My mom always taught me to sort of just feel confident and, and be okay. And mm-hmm. anyway, I felt comfortable in that small town because I'd, I'd known it. It's just, I think we'd probably been there a month by then. Okay, yeah. So there I am, 16 years old, a little tipsy, um, or lots of tipsy, um, walking home. Yeah. And I remember it was like a really, you know, overcast night. A lot of like the mist from the ocean comes in. There's like a couple, it's, there's, it's cobblestone. There's like a couple of street lights. So it's a little bit dark. And like, you know, in Europe, there's a lot of um, small streets. There's a lot of alleys. There's like lots of nooks and crannies. Mm-hmm. And I remember stopping at this corner, kind of being a little lost, being like, which way am I supposed to go? And um, I saw one way and I thought, okay, I think that's where I'm supposed to go. So I started walking down that street. And then suddenly I heard someone calling out, hey, hey, you, in Spanish. Yeah. I was like, and it was the voice of a young woman. And I turned and I was like, this, this girl who looked like a teenager. Yeah. But maybe like, maybe living on the streets. Not really sure. And it was rare because I hadn't seen people like that in that town. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, she had kind of like raggedy clothes and she looked like she had her hair in dreads. And I don't know, maybe she was just really like bohemian, but... I couldn't really tell. Yeah. And it, it did look like she was like living on the streets. And she said, do you have any money? And I said, uh, I actually, I don't. I didn't. I had no money. I had no cell phone. I mean, this was like, this was back in 2000, in 2000, 1999. I don't even remember. It was like literally before. I mean, you know, it's just like not. Uh, cell phones we had barely. Nothing. Right. Yeah. Barely in play. Yeah. So instinctively, I was like a little bit should I go engage? Should I not? And I just kind of went with my gut. And instead of turning right, I turned back around and went toward her. And she's like, I'm really hungry. I haven't eaten. Do you have anything I can have? And I was like, I don't, I'm sorry. Are you okay? She was like, yeah, are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm okay. I'm going home. Mm -hmm. And for some reason I was like, why don't you come with me and I'll get you some food Hmm. at my house. Where I'm living and she was like okay so together we walked back um and she somehow knew like where I lived I as I remember it because I remember getting a little disoriented I was a little lost and she's like no it's this way I like remember that hmm. really small detail anyway long story short I ended up sneaking in it was like four maybe five in the morning the sun was like starting to come up oh geez okay so that's how you party you like you partied till five, went home, and then woke up at seven and went back out again. I know. It's yeah, crazy. that's not. <laughs> yeah, not that's do a sixteen-year-old. That. Yeah, like in your thirties. No. Um, so anyway, I snuck her in. I remember trying to be as quiet as possible. I got her some like any food I could find, and a bunch of water, and like anything I could find. And we were there whispering and talking for like fifteen minutes, and then she was just like, um, "Thank you so much. I'm gonna go." And I was like, "Okay." Hmm. Um, I sure you can stay on the couch. I was like, you know, because I was like, yeah, sort of tipsy. I was like feeling really like this is my home, even though it was not my home. Right. Was was this all done in Spanish? The conversation? Yes. Okay. 
um so your your Spanish that you're learning. Yeah, and, and I, I mean I could yeah. I I you know I grew up, I grew up listening to Spanish. I just didn't use it in the home, so I knew Spanish. I know Spanish. Okay. I like I knew Spanish growing up. Got it. Got it. So my Spanish was fine. I could communicate. Okay. Um, and uh, anyway, um, went to bed, passed out, woke up, uh, got ready again. And <laughs> this part I also didn't remember, but or I didn't like think about. I totally threw my roommate under the bus because my house host mother. The next morning, all of a sudden being like, who ate all the food? I was preparing that for like my husband, blah, blah, blah. It was you to like my uh, very uh, rambunctious roommate. Yeah, yeah. And she was like, it wasn't me. I didn't eat it. She's like, whatever. You have such a big appetite. You're always eating all the food. And they got in this huge fight and I just stayed quiet. Mm. Knowing that (laughs) I told, it was totally me giving the food out to this like random person. right? Yeah. So um, one of the rules was we were not allowed to bring people into the home, Ah, right? Yeah. And um, so I just never told anyone that I did that. I Mm. didn't tell my host. I didn't tell my friends. And thinking about it, um, I've had a lot of occurrences in my life where I meet these strangers that change, like alter the course of my day or life or moment. Right. Um, since I was very young, when I was four years old, I got really lost in this parking lot and this woman came up just out of nowhere, like took me to my mom and like disappeared. Like one time I was like heartbroken. I'd said goodbye to a friend and I went to this gas station like on La Brea and this gas attendant ended up being this shaman from Ecuador who like read my soul and like, like gave me like a healing mantra because I was so sad Um, and I never saw him again. Wow, okay. Like, so I've had these instances, and it just made me think about this one in Spain. Yeah. Because the next day, when we were at school, one of the older um, women, or I guess she was a college student, <laughs> students, yeah, yeah. Um, wasn't there. And we were all like, well, what happened to her, blah, blah, blah. And apparently, she had been mugged and assaulted oh. going down the same street that I was planning on going down when I made that decision that night. Oh, whoa. What the hell? Yeah. So on some level, I feel like it was like one of those people that, you know, if I would have gone down that path, I don't know what would have happened. Right. You know, the the woman who got mugged, she was like 24. I was like 16. I have no idea, you know? Yeah. And instead, I I saw this person. I just kind of went in the other direction. And she... I feel like help prevent something that could have gone very wrong. Right. Yeah. So, (laughs) um, Oh wow. Yeah. So yeah, that's, I thought of that story and I hadn't thought about it before in that way. Um, and I think that that's sort of how a lot of my like storytelling writing and, and sort of even producing decisions like are made. You know, a lot of the stories that I find kind of just like kind of come to me in weird ways, whether it's like, an article or a friend mentioning something or just like the way someone looks sitting at a bus station. Yeah. So I think it's like, it's really important to pay attention to these really, these things that maybe just feel ordinary, mm-hmm. but that could be something extraordinary. Yeah. Which I feel like that night, for some reason, that young girl who I've never seen ever, I never saw ever again. I never saw anyone like her again. Yeah. Um, you know, came into my life. And so, so yeah, that's my, 
my little tail. Wow. Uh, <laughs> that's, yeah, if we could like kind of just pick into the story a little bit and ask, you know, I want to go to the moment of, do you, do you remember you, you chose, okay, so if I was in your shoes, but I'm me and I'm 16, I'm abroad, I definitely would be risk adverse and say, I don't know this person. I just, I don't know. I'm, I cannot go to her. You know, like, <laughs> I, I just don't know. have a normal reaction. Right. Like, so what, do you have any sort of recollection of why you chose that way? Um, Other than instinct, I guess you had a gut feeling. I think it was, I think it was instinct and the Red Bull vodkas. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> mm, no, um, it is, I think it's mostly intuition. Mm. Yeah. Um, my mom and a lot of my aunts, uh, I have a lot of them, um, have always told me, they've always noticed that I'm very intuitive. Okay. Yeah. I also consider myself like an intuitive creative. So my writing's intuitive. Even my creative producing is as well in terms of like, it comes from a different place than like conceptual. Okay. Yeah. So it's like more from the inside, less from like the broad view of like, oh, this structure is great. It's more like, oh, this how this structure feels great. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, if we were splitting it in two, if like, you know, what if people are intuitive writers or conceptual writers or whatever, and you, you don't have to like deduce it to that basic, but instinct. I just go on a lot on instincts and a lot of intuition. And so I think when I was sixteen, honestly, there's a couple of things too. Like, I'm I'm very compassionate. And I've just, I feel like maybe she would have been like, if maybe it would have been a man also, maybe it would have been different. Right. Cause there's some, it's just, just more, different, you know, factors. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But it was like, it felt like a peer who needed help. Okay. Uh, so then, yeah. So I guess, I guess you kind of sussed out while you were interacting with her, like, okay, she actually just actually is just genuinely trying to eat some, like get food. Like, right. It's, there's no, like, she's going to pickpocket you or whatever kind of deal yes that was what i thought but then when i um so when we found out that that woman uh got mugged yeah it was by like a a con like that so i actually don't really know if like maybe she had planned was planning on mugging me or whatever maybe it was something bigger than i can even um you know fathom but um but there was definitely that risk that i could have been pickpocketed or or mugged or it could have been a trick yeah. Um, I just didn't, I just didn't feel like that was going to happen. Yeah. And also maybe, you know, there's a bit of a curveball on your end when you're like, why don't you just come over to my place and I'll, whatever we have, you can have. Sure. And then maybe that person's like, what? Like, yeah. And she could have came and robbed the whole place. She, you know, yeah, <laughs> she I mean, could have done know. all these things. Yeah. And you don't know. Yeah. I don't know. So it just, yeah, I just, um, I kind of, again, again, it was very like 16 year old instinct of like. Okay, this feels like this feels okay. Yeah, um, yeah. I I guess it's kind of it kind of we're kind of talking about interactions with strangers, right? And, and like I personally come from a risk adverse point of view, where I'm like, I, I don't know people. I don't. I you need to be vetted, by, <laughs> you know, by like my. Spa- I need to see your resume. I, you need to be vetted by my spouse, for, <laughs> and like she's got to know you before like I'm like more open to interacting. But at the same time, you know, like your moments like yours can't happen unless there's this sort of like two people 
who don't know each other kind of feeling it out and like in like sort of this weird like moment and um i don't know i feel like at least in the u.s like that's not a yeah, I don't know, like, I don't, but know. I don't, but I live in LA. So like people are just in their cars and don't talk to each other really. I get, you know? I get where you're coming from because sometimes I, I mean, I have the same feeling in a negative way. Um, sometimes I'm like, Hey, we need to, we need to get out of here. Yeah. If I feel uncomfortable or if I meet someone and I'm like, I'm not going to work with that person. I just, I, yeah. I know, you know, right. Right. Um, so I think, I think it is important to, um, you know, open up to intuition and to learn how to start trusting it. But again, you know, you have to be smart. We do live in LA. We, we live in a city with a bunch of people and, and it's not always going to be, uh, to turn out the way that you want it, you know? Um, yeah. so I do think you have to always take into consideration, um, some of the safety factors, but that being said too, like, I think as, you know, as artists and creatives being, um, being open and to risk, in on all different kinds of levels and being especially curious about yeah. the unknown is really important. And I think that's one of the things that drives me is that, um, you know, uh, staying close and, and listening to your intuition and then uh, allows you to be more curious about things and kind of have adventures yeah. that you didn't expect that can turn into something really great. And, um, or sometimes it can be scary. Um, but I've, I've been really, really blessed at not being, you know, uh, nothing dire has, has happened yeah. with going with that approach. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like one of those things where, you know, I'm sure all, all of my millions of listeners can relate to, uh, <laughs> if you just did that, if you just went the other way, right? you know, which in your case, who knows, mm -hmm. but you know, the way you went, which didn't seem in a lot of regards as perhaps the conventional most people wouldn't go that route sure. i would say especially if you look back at it you know but you did and something really interesting happened you know i've had so many of those instances like the, even my thesis that your wife jen worked on yes like all came together a big part of it because a stranger ran up to me in the middle of tijuana mexico and i thought he was gonna mug me and he ended up being a film student who just wanted to talk to me because I had a camera in my hand. Like, <laughs> so many things, you know? Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's another, that's another great story, but I've told it so many times. Yeah. So I felt like, um, yeah. it was the right one. Um, but I've kind of noticed, uh, yeah, like, yeah, per, me personally, like when I'm out and about, I try to talk a little bit more as, you know, I mean, I mean, usually I'm in environments where it's like a little bit more, like I'm in a restaurant or something, but then you try to be a little chatty with, the owner or something yeah. like if it's mom and pop sure. uh, and then you like learn all the stuff where you're like oh that person is really interesting and like i may not ever see that person again that's so true you and know? you know it's like i honestly too though i'm not even that chatty of a person like i don't go up and be like hey how are you like like my wife's like that she'll talk to anyone say hi to anyone super friendly mm -hmm. like makes best friends with like literally everyone. i'm a little bit like more reserved yeah yeah so i i like i said going back to the story i think you know, being a little tipsy helped. And then the story, even with my thesis at USC, meeting that guy, he came up to me. Mm -hmm. And the same thing with the guy at the gas station. So I've had actually a lot of, there's a difference, I think, between being like open to things and having to be really extroverted. Right. I don't think you have to be extroverted. And I don't think you even have to be an instigator. Right. But like, if when someone reaches out to you, like, how do you respond? 
you know, yeah. like, or if yeah. you see something, how do you engage with it? Yeah. Um, and then do you listen to, because really intuition is very quiet. Yeah. Right. It's like, are you listening to yourself versus are you out engaging with the yeah. world? So there's like a couple of layers, I think, that have to happen. So you don't have to be super outgoing to have these, um, these sure. experiences. Here, uh, <laughs> here's a here's a test question for you. Oh, oh no, I didn't study. <laughs> so, OK, you know, obviously that moment happened when you're 16, you're abroad for the first time. You've never had any of the adult experiences that you described as far as going out drinking right. dancing all that stuff uh being hit on by adult men <laughs> <laughs> yeah so but nonetheless you know whether it be you being just naive or fearless or a combination of all three you know you you assisted this person you never saw again um like let's put you in that situation you now same like you're alone you're traveling alone maybe in a tour group and you decide to go home and you or to your a your yeah. i guess your a or airbnb right would i invite someone yeah would you do the same like would <sighs> honestly um i would say like my if i was a quick answer i'd say no yeah right um a couple of reasons i guess there's i feel like maybe there's more at stake i have a partner now Yep. Um, we share a life. So when I'm making decisions, um, it's for both of us. Um, yeah. Yeah, a lot yeah. of the time, right? Not just for myself. For sure. Um, but at the same time, I'd like to think that I could at least take a step back and find that inner 16 year old who mm-hmm. kind of felt open enough and brave enough to say, someone yeah. needs help and I can help and everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Uh, b- bonus test question. <laughs> yes. Same scenario, but you also can, can you can also factor in the sixteen-year-old experience. So, like, you're just traveling by yourself now, mm-hmm. and and you already had this experience, right? Right. So you know you know what happened when you were sixteen, mm-hmm. but now you're obviously you're an adult. So, but you you know. Okay, so I think what would happen is that instead of bringing them home, I'd probably take them to a restaurant. I still do that now because now I have the means. I have like a credit card, I have, <laughs> I have money, I have a cell phone. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think my like gut to help and my gut to be open to it would probably be the same. I just now have more resources and tools to be like, okay, I can still help this person, but I don't have to bring them home to my host family's house at four in the morning. Yeah. Um, so I think I'm, there's a little bit of like that, that um, you know, uh, kind of openness that I think a lot of, I think we start, we lose as we get older. Yeah. Um, but also now more of wisdom of like, okay, maybe not to be as, it was a little reckless, I would say, looking back. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I've learned maybe not to be uh, as reckless with my decision making. Um, but still, you know, open, have an open yeah. having a, an, an open heart to other people and things. Yeah. But it was uh, certainly, you know, as we wrap up, uh, it's something that stuck with you. Oh, yeah. You know, like- I've never, st- I, these people that I've met, yeah they've never left like my they've they've left an imprint yeah on me i can i can see her i know what she looks like and it was when i was 16 yeah well i mean that moment was so um basically very intimate yeah if you think about it you know and sometimes yeah like i can't like think of it right now but i know there's been times where i had like a random stranger interaction that i kind of remember vividly right because it was just so like 
specific mm-hmm. you know you're like, oh, i can't fight i'm forgetting now but just you know having the specific stranger interaction i know it sticks with you it's crazy because you can have like interactions with people that you really care about and really close to and you can't remember like sometimes i'm like what do we do on our anniversary i can't remember right but i remember you know this girl in spain um yeah and that's it's fascinating how the brain does that and works and how moments people and experiences that maybe sometimes just like are a flicker yeah leave a lasting impression um so let me I ask this to everybody, and you're a fan of the show, so you've you've heard this. I'm question. totally a fan of the show. <laughs> yeah, all my friends on this show. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? A lot of them. Shout out to shout out to Lindsay and Bernie. Bernie, what's up? Uh, how do you, well? Just my final question is: How do you feel now? You like the world knows, right? And you let it out, and it was, you know, it's a story that maybe is now in your stories you tell people, sure. right? Category. Um, I feel kind of emotional. Yeah? Oh. Like, because of reflecting on it? I guess. I don't know. I guess I didn't expect it. Um, I just feel, like, really grateful for all these, like, random experiences that I've had um, with people, like, I mentioned in this story. Um, It feels really special, like, and I guess, you know, going back to how we started, you know, surviving a very, um, what feels like traumatic or life-threatening thing sure and getting on the other side of that you really want to um embrace life and live every day like it's your last and that sounds so corny and cliche but it's true and so i'm just a little bit emotional that i you know i'm remembering it different now than i did then you know i'm really looking at that story i just told you in a different way and i think that's well yeah really uh, cool yeah yeah adding all your wisdom and your life experience and the ones we mentioned here um no that's really awesome i'm glad you kind of had this sort of cathartic release or or, or like you know reflection um oh i appreciate the opportunity and i was just thinking i actually invited myself i think to your show (laughs) (laughs) so thank you paloma for inviting yourself to the show uh no but thank you for having me uh i mean there's open invites and you took, you, t- you took me up on it. So you're a homie. Uh, so yeah. I figured, you know, this yeah. is going to be awesome. Yeah. You took me up on it. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so thanks everyone, uh, for listening and thank you Paloma for being on the show. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks. Bye. Hey, I think you want to listen to another one, right? Well, you can do so on iTunes, Apple podcasts, or our website at beststoryinevertold.com. And for those of you who are interested in sponsoring future episodes, we would love it. Contact us at beststoryinevertold at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.